We're back live on the internet, as live as you can get on the internet here with Pusher Mania's podcast number two. Back with another producer, but we got an MC in here as well. This will be the second edition, like I say, and uh, we got South by Southwest coming right up here to our city of Austin, Texas. Our first podcast went down with Jay Money out of San Antonio, so we had to bring it home and let the people know. They're coming down. The whole music industry is coming out here to Austin next week and then some. So what are you going to check out when you come to Austin? Who are you looking for? What's the hottest thing happening in Austin music right now? My opinion, Do Wrong and Eric Dingus together, and I've got them here in the studio right now. Now, Eric Dingus, is it true that you were born the day after Easy E died and your name Eric comes from you're named after Easy E? Uh yeah, it's it's really a lot of people think it's a lie, you know, or just uh, you know, they think it's a kid making a dumb ironic statement, but it's true that like my parents had it narrowed down to Eric and five, like, you know, there were 10, five names. Eric was on that list and that sort of struck my parents to where it's sad, you know, it's sad as, yeah, it's really sad to where it made an impact to them to like, all right, let's go with that name out of the 10. So, um, you know, it's crazy because my parents were not hip hop people or like, you know, they're music lovers to the full extent, but that the only group they had like on vinyl and CD was NWA Straight Outta Compton, to where that was the first hip hop album they ever showed me, and really the only one truly that they just showed me out of the blue something crazy new. So um, the fact that I was I would be named partially, you know, to an extent, narrowed down and chosen after something that's you know it's just. It's just wild, you know. It's funny because they they weren't like you know huge hip hop fans, so it's honestly not a big choice. But my dad really view, viewed that album as important and crazy. So, well, it was one of the most important rap albums of all time, and to be honest, that album really rocked too. Like it had a, its own feel, and it came out of left field for a lot of people, and it opened a lot of eyes to hip hop. And it also came out at a time when you know people wanted to hear that you know they wanted to know what was going on in the streets beyond what they would just see on the news and i think you know nwa they changed the game man so that's incredible that's an incredible uh backstory that you've got there always holding on to that do wrong you said you had a special you had a where did your name come from and this is do wrong from the league of extraordinary g's by the way my name actually came from master p my uncle gave me the name my uncle Mike, my mom's brother. Rest in peace to SB, the 6th Street bully. My uncle made the League of Extraordinary G's, another story. But my stump, my name comes from the song Reverend Do-Wrong. It's actually a commercial. It's really a skit on the ghettos trying to kill me. It's King George doing the skit on there. And it's, you got to go look, take them back and listen to it. You can go back and do your research and listen to it. My name comes from a long line. Of, it, it comes from Master P, the, the motherfucking Don of making shit happen in hip-hop. Now, I know a bit of the backstory of how you guys came together. Eric Dingus and uh, Do Wrong, you're both Austin natives, right? Right. And uh, a couple years ago, now for people who don't know, League of Extraordinary G's is a group of nine MCs. And uh, Slick Talk is one of them. And he was just surfing the internet, I assume, looking for art, you know, producers and people. And he found that you were from Austin and liked your stuff. And, and did he just contact you? Uh, yeah, he, he emailed me like, you know, quite a while ago, probably close to two and a half, three years, probably. And it was at a point where, um, I, I, I agreed to do a full project with him strictly off the fact that, um, uh, I'd never heard his, his solo music. Cause you know, it's a group of nine people. I'm not sure which one I didn't know what he looked like. And at the time that was the resources I had. So my best friend had seen the league at fun, fun, fun fest. And he said they were pretty, you know. But they were actually like cool because we didn't really like Austin hip hop truly because we didn't really know it. But he like he gave them credible and he's I, know, I value his opinion. He said they were you know credible, so I was like that, that's awesome. Like man, this is crazy that someone actually in Austin is sending me out because I'm I did everything through the internet to like I'll meet some people I work with, but most of the time it's over like you know a course of a long time. Like you know I met my friends from. London and all the you know all these places like I met up with a producer friend from Belgium just like you know you meet people through the internet but to have that to have the the only people I really knew and valued and you know liked and respected in Austin hip-hop they were the ones to holler at me so it's like you know it's cool well speaking of the internet I mean 
your big break came from doing just a remix for Drake, right? I mean, not for Drake. You did a remix of a Drake song that you posted on SoundCloud, and somehow that ended up on the on Drake's blog, right? Is that the kind of the backstory in a nutshell? Or can you tell me a little bit about how that happened? So it's more or less like you, they had almost said like they could. We had the connection to where we could get it into their email, right? So like I uh I made that bootleg. It was a I didn't have the acapella, you know. So I made that remix, and then, um, you know, it's just, I made the remix, and we we emailed it to him, and he posted it on the um, the blog, like, you know, it's it was very wild to me, because they don't, um, it was, it was one of the first things that they've ever really, you know, they don't like to, that blog has a lot of power behind it, a lot of views to where that wasn't really, they didn't reach out to me about that, I showed them. And I was surprised, honestly, that they posted it because, like, it's way different, like, super different at the time. But and it wasn't really mixed the best, you know. It's all I don't know. Which was the song? Oh, the worst behavior one, to where like the video dropped two weeks prior to like, so it was sort of like fresh, you know. what I'm saying like it was relevant, so you sort of have to keep that in mind to an extent on plays and stuff. What made you do that? I mean, was that something you were doing like in your room making remixes of? of artists you enjoyed is that something that that you were doing regularly or do you kind of have a mission in in mind well my main my only mission with the remixes at that time was i like to make it such a different vibe than the original song that it's just like you know it's a new creation so i made that i made honestly i made that remix within a span of four hours at a coffee shop the irie bean on south lamar i made that you know went home um sent it to my man like current manager at the time this guy in Toronto, um, you know, we just made it and it was cool, you know, uh, and it just ended up being posted like to where I was surprised. It was cool. Now, what came out of that, though, because I know I've watched, you know, your stuff online. I've been watching what you've been doing outside of just with the locals, you know, do wrong and slick talk and the league and all them. But seems like you work pretty closely with those guys at OVO or you've done, you did the Houston appreciation weekend mixtape. You did some other thing. You were on the latest Drake CD. Can you tell us a little bit about what your situation is right now or how, how what's your relationship with those guys? Um, really, you know, I like that. I came in contact with, you know, them, a couple of them, like around two years ago and uh like you know a year after that like last march i got some you know paperwork to an extent like so i'm able to build and be a part of that circle and just like you know help help out where i can you know it's just it's a blessing considering drake's my favorite artist rapper the fact that you know just it's it came out like just over a long period of time of you know making sure it's a good you know fine like you know a good like fit that's all to where yeah, it's just cool to be able to get, have, be cool in that with those people. No, that's all, really. I think you're too modest. Was uh, were you a Degrassi fan? Uh, but it, to be honest, like I actually knew Drake strictly. Like I, I found out that later that he was in Degrassi, and I've never seen it. Sort of made a reason, <laughs> like a point not to. But you know, I've seen I've seen some clips and stuff, and probably not a fan. No. <laughs> No teen dramas for Eric Dingus. He doesn't have time for that. He's in the studio. Let's take a listen to the song that started it all. This is Pusher Mania's podcast. Shit, it's like the police asking us questions Nigga, we don't know shit 
Tell me a little bit about yourself, man. You come from the north side of Austin. Obviously, your uncle is SB, who's one of my favorite rappers. I mean, definitely my favorite rapper from Austin ever, and just one of my favorite rappers in general, and one of my favorite people, and the guy who introduced me to the league and everything else. Tell me a little bit about where you come from, and then maybe end up with how you and Eric ended up coming together. Man, from the league, I just... I don't. I wouldn't even know where to start. It was just from from high school. It started out. It all started in high school with me. Like I, I wasn't even rapping for real. Like I, I the bully brought me around the league. Cause my 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 dad had passed away. My dad wasn't never really there. He was there all the time. He was there in and out of my life. But he, like growing up, he wasn't in the house like I, like I wanted him to be. Like you would want your dad to be. So I I gravitated towards my uncles a lot. My my mom's brother and my dad's brother SB. So I started hanging around the bully a lot. He rapped a lot. I grew up in the studio. My mom sang. They put her in the Austin Music Hall for like, cause she was a singer. They put her in the, it's like a black history museum. So they put her in the music hall for, she used to be in the Cooley Girls. <laughs> so That's now, big. yeah, That's big. Uh, it's, uh, it's, I come from a, not a long line of music, but I come from music enough to where I, I grew up in the studio, like anywhere I go. Like the bully's house was the studio. I used to be at his house all the time. Like I, his house was the studio. Everybody used to go to his go to his house. He was like the peacekeeper for everybody, and, and he was he was the person that would lend a hand to you even even when he didn't have that much. If if he if, if he had a penny in your pocket and he said you were his friend and he loved you, he'd give you half of that penny. Like that's the type of person that the bully was in my eyes. Like and I look up to that and. I just grew up around him, and all the time he was, I looked up to him, and he rapped, and I wanted to be in music, and I didn't even rap at first. I sung a lot. I, I just sang to my mom, and I just started hanging around the bully, and when my dad died, I really started hanging around him. We, we got we got so close to the point to where he'll call me, I mean, I'm coming to get you. I just already know. He was like, I'm on my way, and I just put my clothes on. I already know he's coming. I just hop in the car with him when he pull, pull up outside, and we go to the studio, go to the league house, or go to the boneyard, or wherever we go. I don't care. I'm riding with my uncle. So... And every time he come pick me up, I have a new song. I built a studio in my room so I could record myself. I just taught myself how to do everything, and I just figured out how to do it myself. And every day he come pick me up, anytime he call me, I'll have a new song for him. I'll put it on the CD, and it's like, man, listen to this. And I'll just let him critique me. And then he started. He, one day he took me to Grizo's house. Grizo had this, had this studio on Slaughter. We did the song out there. I, he, he introduced me to everybody, to the rest of the league. I had already known Low Key. And I didn't know the Sam, man, but I know I had already known Low Key from the Boneyard because I had already grew up around Low Key and I had already known him. So I was at the, he brought me to Grizo's house. We did the song Who Better. And then everybody in the league, they all they all had a meeting and they were like, man, I remember when now. you first came into the league and it felt, it, I definitely felt it. Uh, your uncle, Espy, the bully, as he said, uh, was taking you under his wing. Like he was definitely bringing you in there maybe to keep you away from other things. 
Yeah, definitely, because I was getting into a lot of shit. If you, you People are probably going to look it up later on. I had some, some shit on World Star. I got my ass beat by these Asians. It was a bunch of riots and shit going on in school and shit. I was, that was all kind of crazy shit going on. So, it was just, just he just keep me keeping me away from the bullshit and keeping me out of trouble by keeping me with him and keeping me under his wing, and just I was going through a lot of shit with my dad leaving this shit and just having to basically go out by myself and have my little brother there and having to teach him because I commend my mom because I I know how much she went through now that I'm grown now and I can see what's going on and I'm about to have my own son I see what she went through it's like it's not easy being a single parent being a woman and trying to raise a man it's not easy. I just, I just thank God I had my uncles with me in the league. Cause after the bully died, if it wasn't for the league, I don't know what I would be doing. I'm glad that everybody in the league kept it 100 with me and kept me around, and they really kept some shit, kept me with food and on my plate and shit. If I was hungry, I can go to Canal House. If I, ain't, if I ain't have nowhere to stay, I go to Canal House and sleep over there for weeks or or months or what. He didn't care. He just, he knew I was good. I can go ask anybody in the league for something right now, and I know they got me. That's why I'm blessed to have the league, and I'm blessed that the bully put me in this situation. It's because it was if it wasn't for the league, I would have never met Dingus. Because Southbound is low key and Sandman, Sandman's deployed. Sandman was just on the computer, just deployed. I, I don't know where I think he was in Afghanistan at the time. And he was just looking up beats and he found Dingus. It's just like this is like by chance. It's just the craziest shit ever to me in my perspective because he wasn't even in America. He was deployed. He's he's a soldier. He wasn't even here. He just making music because he still wanted to just like he loved music so he wanted to still make music he just found dingus beats and brought all the shit over to the green room and that's like right after the bully died so i was like really wanting to just stay in the green like i basically lived at the green room in canal's house and that's the, that's the title to s dot tuck new cd the green room y'all can go check that out too mixed by dj burn one that that's where that's where it comes from that's where everything was that's like the mecca of the league. That's like that's where everything, like that's the melting pot of everything that we have going on right now. Cause after the bully died, like all the like everybody just like fell like we all fell on each other's shoulders. Like it wasn't no, like we just all, like it wasn't nothing else to do. We just all came to each other to regroup. Like it wasn't nothing else that we could do. Like we just all came to each other. Like, and that's the green room. Like that's where everything was. It's like the green room is a place of love, and like it, everybody comes there and like talk about problems or whatever you got going on. You want to come there and have a good time? You want to come there and chill or whatever? And like, and, and for me, the green room was a place where I went when the bully died because that's where I felt the closest to him. You know what I'm saying? After he died, like, that was the only place I felt like I could be around him Like after he passed away. Like, that's just like, it resonates with me. And like, and I wasn't even supposed to be rapping on Dingus's beats. Like Sandman brought beats over, and I wasn't even supposed to be rapping on that shit. Like I was just a young guy in the in the league. Like I just steal everybody beats off the computer. Like I lived in the in the studio, so I just be I just wake up in the morning, go beat on Grizzo's door, and make him come record me. And after after a certain amount of time, Grizzo just taught me how to record myself. And I just started. I just wake up in the morning, turn the computer on, and record myself. And then by this time. It was a bunch. I had already recorded a bunch of shit by myself, and by this time I had figured it out. So I heard that punch that bitch beat, and then I recorded that shit, and then Dingus came over, and then from then on it was just like a mutual respect thing. Like we just kept making music from then on, and then the Do Wrong EP came. Well, let's uh, let's hear an example of that, man. You said a lot of things, man. There's a lot of passion coming out of your voice, and that's what I like about the music. It's got a real serious passion to it. It's got a real feel, and the Do Wrong uh, and the EP came out fantastic. What do you guys want to play? Uh, we we got to play. We got to give these guys some examples of what you guys do. What's uh, what do you what do you think you want to get into? Uh, maybe just start it with the nine millimeter, the first song. Yeah. All right. Oh. Yeah. Let's get into something called nine millimeter. This is Do Wrong and Eric Dingus together, and we'll be back. Continue this interview in just a moment.
niggas like he the shit On my 3-6, no demons, no deacon Straight off the deep end, no beacon Beating, beach them feeding on these foo-foo So indecent, money made my dick hard Got the game leaking semen Taking your spot won't cease the thieving So many of you niggas I'm cheaping Some call me a savage, probably that Till I show these hoes that the money stack Wonder where he at, not hard to find Probably in your bitch behind, my actions define You bitch niggas scrambling for time I'm on the grind, grambling D-line D1, pussy speak up, beat the nine and get stoned down Straight beat up, we up, leak shit till they fuck me off Cell blocks to the boulevard they feel, huh? Going hard for real from the cell blocks to the boulevard they feel. Nah, nah, I ain't give a fuck since the day they killed my daddy. Beef, I grill your patty. And I ain't give a fuck since the day they killed my daddy. Beef, I grill your patty, huh? Going hard for real from the cell blocks to the boulevard they feel, huh? Going hard for real from the cell blocks to the boulevard they feel. And I ain't give a fuck since the day they killed my daddy. Beef, I grill your patty. Fuck a set, fuck a block, nigga, where your head at? Real G shit, break a piece off, you ain't me though Raised by some real trill niggas, ask mama Real spit shit like a llama Know some real crib niggas and some beat off Wanna see button me, turn the TV on Bet that I done came up, mine a setback Young nigga, OG, stat, act, pick Mike Going hard for real, from the cell blocks to the boulevard they feel Cause real recognize, fuck niggas gon' fear And I ain't gave a fuck since the day they killed my daddy Beef, I grill, yo, petty Fuck a set, fuck a block, nigga, where yo head at? Uh, I hope they all bang with ya Ready to die, I hope they all read scripture Going hard for real from the cell blocks to the boulevard they feel. Uh, going hard for real from the cell blocks to the boulevard they feel. Nah, nah, I ain't give a fuck since the day they killed my daddy. Beef, I grill your patty. And I ain't give a fuck since the day they killed my daddy. Beef, I grill your patty. Uh, going hard for real from the cell blocks to the boulevard they feel. Uh, uh, going hard for real from the cell blocks to the boulevard they feel. And I ain't give a fuck since the day they killed my daddy. Beef, I grill your patty. Fuck a set, fuck a block, nigga, where your head at? Alright, that was 9mm, the first, was that a single off the uh, Do-Wrong EP? No, it wasn't a single, it, it should have been, I, that's, I love that song, that's, that song resonates with me a lot, man, that's, that, that song comes from a lot of, a lot of shit that I went through, it comes come from my life, that's why I try to draw all my music from, it's from my life and what I really go through and what's really going on in my life and how I really feel at the moment. Well, that's funny, because like I said, next week we got the whole world coming to Austin for South by Southwest, and... I'm gonna say 99.9% of them don't even know where the north side of Austin is, man. They don't know that it's a little different up there than what they see every year when they come down to these festivals. Yeah, very different. You might want to be careful. But isn't it Austin? Austin is really a really a nice place. Really, I, I've been around the country. Austin is really a really nice, humble place. Just certain areas, just you get the fucking crabs any anywhere you go. Yep, this is just a. Uh, what I like about where you're from, though, is that's, you know, let, let's keep it real, because that's what we do. A lot of people talk about Austin as being such a white city and all this, but they don't, that's because they stay in the center. They don't go to, like, you got, there's diversity up where you're from. You're from, you said, I don't know anything about this World Star video, so I'll look later. Maybe I won't look, actually. But uh, you're talking about the Asians and all Like, it's crazy up there. Everyone is up there. Everyone's on that north side. It's, everybody's on the north side. It's, it's, it's like it's crazy. It's almost it's almost my school was almost segregated. Like you can be, it's 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 crazy. Like you have to be in that environment to understand what's going on. Like we had Asian and Black riots. Like normally it's Black and Mexican riots, and there's fucking you might have white white and Black. We had Black and Asian riots at my school, and it was going down every day I went to school. Anytime I stepped into the school. It was going down. I couldn't. I, it was. I had, it was too much for me. <laughs> uh, like you had to walk around. It was like being in the streets. Like you had to walk around, and, and definitely don't get caught out in the streets outside of school or wherever you at. Cause right where I stayed was right there on the line between the Asians and the black people. Right, this shit was crazy as fuck. Though. That shit was retarded. What caused it? I don't even know what caused it. It was. It was like some bullshit. I think it was. 
think it was this dude named Shaquille. And this big, I think it was, I think it was Shaquille. I don't know what the fuck caused it. All I know is my homeboy D Tuck, Free D Tuck, he fucking, they, all I know is they tried to jump him for some shit. I, I wasn't even involved in the shit. I was, I'm playing football, so I, that shit fucked up my football too. <laughs> I, I ain't even tripping though. <laughs> but that shit fucked up my football and fucking, all I know is they was jumping D Tuck. And all I know is I was having D Tuck back because when I first got to the school, D Tuck was the first person I met. And he lived, he lived up the street from me. That was the first person I met, so I had my homeboy back off rip. So they jumped him, and I'm, and then two dudes was with him that jumped him. So, and then I, it was, it was crazy. So, he, we went to go check them. After they jumped, we went to go check them. We came back to the school. The, the Asians, it was like 50, 50, 10, 100. That was, uh, it was, it was, it was retarded, bro. Like I couldn't even, like it's, it's a long ass fucking story, dog. <laughs> Like I was at one, for instance, this is how crazy it was. I was sitting in front of my house one day, smoking a blunt. I was watching my little brother when my mama had went out of town. So you know, those days you get the house to yourself. So all your homeboys be trying to come over and shit. So I'm sitting outside, and my homeboy, Deshay, walk up. He like, man, man, we finna go fight these Asians. Then you finna come or what? I'm sitting outside on the porch chilling. It's like a regular day. He said, you finna come or what? I said, hell yeah, let's go. Man, out of nowhere, like the front of my street is like the main street of the house. The whole fucking street is filled up. Every black person from my school is in front of my house. Right. It's the craziest shit ever. It was like a Black Panther movement. It was crazy, dog. Like everybody went over there to go fight the Asians, dog. And that, we went over there, and then the Asians still outnumbered us. We all like that shit was crazy. They still outnumbered us. Them Asians was beating our ass. Fuck them Asians. Uh, no, no, come on, man. Just those ones, those ones in particular. Maybe just those, those ones, ones in, in particular. particular. Damn, man, damn, that's crazy. Eric, now tell me a little bit about your musical history because you've really come a long way, and you're definitely setting a standard here in Austin, man, for your hustle and what you've done. Like I see a lot of people hustling beats, doing what they do, and you seem to maybe have a more methodical approach to what you did or how you brought your music to the world. Can you tell me a little bit about that? So, I mean, my history with it was, like, my parents were in a band a while ago, like, you know, 10 years before I was born, whatever, I don't know when, exactly the year, but, like, so we had a bunch of musical equipment around the house, we have, our house was extremely messy, like, we never threw away anything, got sold anything, so our house was, like, almost a hoarding house, you know what I'm saying, like, so, when I, I don't know, oh, yeah, I started with, like, <laughs> my bad. I started with drums and stuff, and it's, like, when I was 12, I started taking drum lessons and guitar lessons. And after about a year and a half, I stopped taking guitar lessons because I was better at drums and just focused on drums. So I was 14, 14 I started, really, I, I, last time I played drums really was when I was 16, I quit. So, you know, a few years where I would play literally four to like four to eight hours a day, every day. Um, and as much as I could, I didn't do a lot of other stuff, so... I, I started with that and I got really obsessed and loved it. But then the thing that held me back was you can't create a song with drums. You have to rely on, you, you know, the melodies and the band members and stuff to where, like, it's just, I had the, I went to, you know, I wanted to make something all, like a composition to an extent, but it ended up in the form of hip hop beats after a couple of weeks. So, like, I started with. My dad had t taught me how to record like a it's a a four track just digital like recording studio like hard drive you know recorder um real old school that we had in the house so I I would I had a Electribe drum machine or my parents had you know I would make a drum beat and improvise for about four minutes and then play a Casio keyboard some keys which I didn't play piano or anything I loop that so I do I do four three minute layers of just you know sounds not looping anything i don't know just like and that was even like enough to give me like okay well i really like being in full control to where this is all me you know it's at the time was terrible but it was all me so i i loved it but you know i st i really started like in 2012 i started trying to get on the internet with like that was the pivotal that was the time where i really felt so strongly about like you know no one's hearing this music that i feel deserves to be heard it's different you know i I really just, you know, I was so, so depressed that no one could hear me that I literally would have dreams about, I had dreams I would wake up. I, I One time I vividly remember I had a dream that I woke up in my dream from my, my uh, the couch I slept on 
checked my SoundCloud plays and I had gotten over a thousand plays while I slept, you know, that night. And then like I, I woke up in reality and didn't at all and was so sad that day at school. So like, you know, but now I, you know, I get five times more than that. Like I get in the thousands every day, literally. And it's just like, wow, that's crazy though. Like that's what I wanted. That's what seemed like the dream at that time. And I got to that point, but I'm still view it as the beginning. So I started, you know, just through the internet because I had no options. I was so socially, you know, I was 17 years old. I, I'm like a really confused social, like 17 year old to where I really had no social abilities or skills at all. You know, I last thing I would want to do is talk about music in person with someone. So, you know, I started tweeting random people like, yo, do you got an email for beats I can send to you? And a few, you know, I got a couple bites to where they gave me their email and then I sent some stuff and most of them like it was a very high ratio of people who hit me back to where I just started doing that in the internet scene and I feel like that's sort of like it's crazy because my awkwardness and like you know not knowing anyone who did music in Austin really led to me having to rely on the internet and really I feel that's really truly was the only way for me to get as big as I as much as I've accomplished is everything through the internet as far as like Austin would not have embraced the connections and hip hop stuff, you know. Well, I think that's an interesting um, story because one, a lot of people in the music industry are going to talk to you about how you've got to be out there constantly on the grind in the streets doing this, getting in people's faces and all that. Uh, two, a lot of people are also going to say, "Man, don't tweet your stupid fucking music at me. I'm sick of this shit. I don't need to hear your music. I don't know you." Like I get like that sometimes. People, if I have a tweet with somebody. You know, maybe a famous, semi-famous rapper or, or or somebody. You know, you always get the tweet back. Somebody sends you the music, like Hit, give it to Bun B, give it to the, you know, some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? It gets annoying, and it's on it. To be honest, you can't listen to every single song that gets tweeted to you, right? But obviously, your that's a testament to your music. It stood out enough for people to check it out. Why don't we uh, go into something else? What do you want to play next? I want to give another good example of uh, Eric Dingus and what you do. Uh, I think a good example would be a song I made, a, a song I released in the last couple months titled Night Gallery. Um, it's really like, it's, it's just my current, like an update to the world to give. This is my current like capabilities as a producer doing as different stuff as possible to where I've progressed a lot in the last six months to a year and held on to a lot of music and I just threw it out there like, okay, this is an update y'all, you know, I don't really care if this gets scene it's just like okay this is out there and you know it's people like to got on a lot of blogs and that's like 50,000 50 almost 60,000 plays in a month so people liked it but it's cool that people appreciate it but I want it's really just an update but what is it uh it's an instrument it's an electronic instrumental song to where it's like you know all uh all original I did some chopped and screwed stuff at the end a lot of intricate hi-hat work and percussion where I just got really like really in depth with it <laughs> Thank you. 
well, you're not lying. You did go in depth with this, brother. I do appreciate you uh, bringing out something new and a new sound from here in Austin. You mentioned, uh, the, you, and we just heard it, you said it did some chopped and screwed stuff in the uh, end there. And we've talked about rap music a bit and, and some of your influences. Tell me how much of an influence, like, DJ Screw as a musician, DJ person, and, and Houston rap and the sound, like, down south sounds in general. Like, how much of that had an influence on you? Because your music sounds totally different, just like DJ Screw, not just like DJ Screws, but just like Screws was so different and radically him. Like, your music to me sounds radically Eric Dingus. Yeah, so I would say, you know, I'm similar to Screw in a couple ways, not even like being cocky or anything. Like, we have, he worked and made so much for music. Like, literally, it's insane how much he chopped and screwed and how many tapes he made. So, and I, I don't know. I guess I'm assuming, like, you know, I, in my mind, it's like, man, if you do it that much, that good, you got to love what you do. You got to have passion to, like, so I respect that so much to where he literally just like, it's crazy. Like he invented, I mean, I could talk about it forever, but like he invented Chopped and Screwed. But really it's like when you can invent something or like you bring something new that you only you can do as good as like as good as it is to where it's, you know, in my eyes, there's a passion and feeling behind all his stuff to where it's never going to be replicated to where it's sort of like I, I really like I put so much of my sadness and escape and depression into my music that it came with a sort of a feeling, you know, to where I got I don't know. There was a time where in 2012, 2013, I was like not as proficient with my, you know, production skills to where it was just like emotional like stuff to where it wasn't really professional almost fully because it was just like me being different because that's how I like to be like I embraced that I was strange as a human but to the point where like I got so like I would purposely not listen to people because I didn't want to take any inspiration from them like producers like someone my entire product my entire career as a producer people ask me so who are your influences who are your influences then and it's funny because it's hard because I really that's a question I I made to not have an answer to that so where like right now I really respect the people who are like technically amazing like 40 Noah Shabib and like Mike Dean to be able to like craft a whole album mixing and doing most of the production that's really what I love but um at a point it was DJ Shadow D I mean DJ Screw like you know I view him almost as a producer I don't view him as a DJ to an extent he's like he did something so passionate with other people's music that it's like something new in my eyes but really Houston hip-hop is like you know it's the type of thing where my girlfriend will get like annoyed because i'll be like she'll think i'm weird because i'm listening i'm falling asleep listening to the album restless by trey over and over again because i feel like that was a cool album that i could just leave on and it sounds good the whole time you know what i mean um so i just listen to music constantly and studying i'm fascinated with hip-hop like hip-hop in general to where I love the history and want to know as much as possible, but Houston hip hop, especially because I'm like, you know, I'm a, I'm a couple hours away and it's, I'm so drawn towards it, you know, in a crazy way, because it's like, I didn't live that lifestyle, but I feel like I feel to an extent, I feel the same way. Uh, like I have the same love that some of those guys who are authentically, you know, so yeah, that's the main connection I have with that music is like I feel the love that they had to where I really like truly love that culture and respect it. And um, I don't know, I just I like passion in music. Right. And you talked you just mentioned depression. You mentioned earlier kind of awkward socially, this and that. And that's a Houston thing, too. I mean, you, if you listen to Zero, you listen to Trey, you listen to Scarface, you listen to the serious deep Houston rap, man, they go deep into their souls with that stuff yeah for sure i like truly truly loved that when i <laughs> realized that was going on you because know, i heard some of the classics or you know more radio accessible you know, you know houston rap songs at first where they're a little bit like not as like you know like zero's first album where i'm still living and stuff like that where it's truly like if you try and picture the mindset he was in what he was going through you know or just like god damn it's like man this is really the struggle to the a struggle to the in the truest form to where it's like i i feel so connected to the music because although i'm 
I myself, I'm nothing come nothing like zero at all, like no comparison. But the fact that we both, the biggest thing, like the biggest thing I could think of that we have a similarity is he, to an extent, and a lot of people like this, they poured their heart out through music, through their lyrics. You know, they put time and effort and passion into making a lot of amazing music. And that's what I did too, you know, in a way different way. So it's cool because it's influenced, but like, you know, a strange, meaningful way to where it doesn't really sound like it to an extent. But uh, it's like, I don't know, I just, I put so much escape and meaning into music that I'm still struggling every day, sort of at a point to like, come up with a, you know, a good balance between life and music. Because I would like, I compare everything to the music world and what I know in that to where I'm learning life through like what I know about the music business to an extent, like I'll compare like, all right, I see a social situation from some drama or whatever, some friends. And I'm like, all right, well that relates to this time that I had drama with this, you know, rapper or whatever on internet, you know, like I'm just like, I'm constantly in that mind state. One thing I feel like was fate with me and Durong and why we're on such a similar page is that in my eyes, this is like what I, what I perceived. He, his circumstances was he got taken in by some rap hip hop heads to where they like showed him the quality of hip hop forced it probably upon him to where like that's you know that played a big role in his taste like if you have a dad or a bit older brother which i don't have you know they in theory can show you shit that inspires you and sets your taste to where you know he had that quality like that standard set of actual bars and stuff in hip hop and um you know that's sort of rare for someone our age a lot of people at a point just sort of buy into the bullshit of not really talented hip-hop because like it's like I'm, I'm all i'm all for creative hip-hop and stuff like that but at a point it's like there is slightly a, a rule like you know there's a there's a golden era and like these classics are set for a reason to where you know whether you like it or not whether the biggest thing in the world is this or not it's like come on that you gotta respect that outcast biggie like nas jay-z public enemy nwa like all these artists you know they made these classic albums that that's what's so meaningful it's like those albums regardless i might not listen to illmatic but once every six months but that was like you know it's it's the it sets the standard to an extent to where i don't know i i just naturally was drawn with my you know my best friend and i's taste to where we like i discovered hip-hop late like when i was 14 i like I really did my research and started diving into the world because I, I assumed all rap was bad because of what I heard on the radio and that sounds stupid but that's really just how I came you know to a point where my friend and I just started to think maybe there is some good stuff you know did some research on the internet because I was on my laptop a lot and just like you know got the classics so the first stuff you really come in contact with like public enemy I, I remember going to cheapo discs with my dad and I had saved my allowance for three weeks and got like as many public enemy CDs. I mean like, you know, two uh, uh, public enemy CDs from Cheapo. Rest in peace. That was a really awesome store. But um, I don't know, it's just cool that I, I naturally like, I like meaningful music. I like, I like technical skill, but I like it to the point where it's musical to where it's I, sometimes it gets a little much. If someone's being truly like, I'm just cramming this word in there to sort of like flex to where it's 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 like you know a rapper would appreciate this song but a human like a fan of music would it would go over a lot of people's heads to where i just you know it's it's fate to, in my eyes that we both have that standard of like you know we have we love lyrics we love passionate hip-hop but we also uh can you know jam the new cash out mixtape like trap shit well speaking of quality and uh a lot of things you just said gave me hope for the youth. I'm gonna tell you that straight up. I didn't think any any y'all young boys thought about things like that. <clears throat> I'm glad you do. The real real hip hop is still alive, and and you know that's not a bad thing to say. That's not. I'm, I am a hip hop nerd. That's fine. But it's that that's some real shit right there. Let's show them another example of uh, real hip hop that is still alive. And maybe uh, I was going to ask y'all, maybe can we play one of the new songs? Can we give them an exclusive on here? Is that going to be possible? Yeah, just give them the fuck rap. Yeah. But we just said we like the real classic hip hop. Now you're going to say fuck rap. Already. Let's get in this. Do Wrong and Eric Dingus. This is an unreleased Do Wrong and Eric Dingus. The song is called Fuck Rap. Yes, I feel that. Fuck rap, nigga. Yeah, grind, 
Lately I've been on some other shit Like fuck rap I'm just trying to make my paper flip Get them drugs wrapped Gotta grind forever on my toes Yeah And you will never find me with them hoes Nigga fuck that Lately I've been on some other shit Like fuck rap I'm just trying to make this paper flip Get them drugs wrapped Gotta grind forever on my toes Yeah And you will never find me with them hoes Nigga fuck that Lately I've been on some other shit Some other shit You ain't understanding it That grind for my brother shit Fuck the government Back on the wall and my heart still pacing No weapon phone shall prosper with a while I don't hesitate to blaze it See the look on they faces History in the making Still got the block blazing A nigga watch my yachts and stack of starving I feel like Marvin Talk of the block bitch I feel like Marvin Batman I feel like Robin No joking you provoke it I turn into Hulk Hogan Gonna leave a nigga with a broke brook Look, nigga, shook G shit, do it by the book You understand, get it on the Lately I've been on some what? other shit Like fuck rap I'm just trying to make my paper flip Get them drugs wrapped Gotta grind forever on my toes Yeah And you will never find me with them hoes Nigga, fuck that Lately I've been on some other shit Like fuck rap I'm just trying to make this paper flip Get them drugs wrapped Gotta grind forever on my toes Yeah. And you will never find me with them hoes Nigga, fuck that Lately I've been on some other fuck shit Fuck rap, where the licks at Where my bitch at Probably whip that, flip that Get a six pack, gonna double up Folk teens turn to 28s What you talking about? It ain't money, get up out my face When I talk, live street shit for real Fuck rap cause this shit ain't paying my bills When I talk, isn't it a spark Now mine is dripping into the dark That's a sign of the time I'm excited for coming Now I'm you die I just wanna see a little bit of breaking in the free When I open up, close mine, better open Lately, up Lately I've been on some What? other shit Like fuck rap I'm just trying to make my paper flip Get them drugs wrapped Gotta grind forever on my toes Yeah, And you will never find me with them hoes Nigga, fuck that Lately I've been on some other shit Like fuck rap I'm just trying to make this paper flip Get them drugs wrapped Gotta grind forever on my toes Yeah, and you will never find me with them hoes, nigga. Fuck that. Lately, I've been on some other shit. That was Do Wrong and Eric Dingus. The song was called Fuck Rap, and as of yet, unreleased track. You want to tell us what that's going to be coming out on? And also, um, I think it's kind of self-explanatory, but I think a lot of people say fuck rap every now and again. Why don't you give me a little background on that, Do Wrong? Listen to the radio. And I know a lot of artists, and if you you don't have to be an artist. It doesn't have to necessarily be rap. It's just like when you work so, work so hard for something your whole life, and you feel like you're not getting anything out of it, you feel like, It's not benefiting you in any way, so you just start not necessarily not giving a fuck about it. But I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I don't wanna take it in the sense of me not giving a fuck about it because I still love music and I still love. It's just me being like fuck rap. It's just artistry, and also I wanted it to be the age of separation. It's all, it's it's a lot. It's just it's still the beginning concept. And as of now, I'm gonna drop it a, a, a double album. Just it's gonna be stack or starve and fuck rap coming out together. So as of now, it's still a, a still a working progress on the concept, but I want it to be that that's that staple in Austin that gives us that respect from all the cities that shows that shows 
that shows the diversity and shows that why we are the music capital of the world. And it just it's just a lot that goes into that. Well, I like that you said that because one of the things we've discussed and, and everyone involved in hip hop and Austin has had this discussion before. Like Austin's kind of a melting pot of sounds. Like it doesn't have an exact sound like Houston. We've had people who have tried to make their own version of the Houston sound, but what some of the best of I mean, your mother, you said earlier in the interview, if we had more time, we'd talk more about this. I saw the Cooley girls when I was your age, dude. They were a force to be reckoned with here in Austin. They didn't sound like the Ghetto Boys or later Screw or anything. They had their own real hip-hop fun sound. They were really dope. Um, and from then on down, it's just been a really kind of diverse scene. Now, that on Fuck Rap, I felt like I heard some Chicago influence in there even, like classic Chicago influence. I felt like I heard you go through three, four, five different styles. Yeah, my dad's from Chicago, so I can understand where we get that from. But I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't necessarily try. I just... I just do what comes natural to me. I just do how I feel. I don't even write it down. It's just I just I just go I just however it comes to me, that's how I'm gonna put it out. I just I just try to get it out as fast as I can so I can catch the authenticity and try to get that feeling in there. Like that song to me is like it's a it's a representation of this is what <clears throat> what we hear right now, this trap music. Ignorant trap music. This is what it could be, you know what I mean? Like if you, I don't know, it's just like, you know, it's a slight parallel world, you know, in my eyes. It's my parallel. Me and Durong is parallel. Austin's parallel to what could, you know, this Migos type Atlanta sound with like a catchier, dumbed down, slower, you know, paced hook. I don't know, just the, you know. Man, y'all, y'all are genuinely giving me hope saying stuff like that because no disrespect. And we all love, you know, certain music in the club and, you know, Migos and them are good. They're fine, whatever, but there isn't you mentioned the radio earlier and what a lot of stuff that gets promoted there hasn't been much balance for a minute in hip-hop man there hasn't been much balance for for you know the artists who are really trying to make a statement and go out there and say things and now we see within the last year with all the, the police killings which isn't anything new at all not even slightly new it happens every single day in this country but people shedding light on some of the these these instances and you got a young thug saying, I don't give a fuck about that. I'm just getting money. I think that re represents a whole lot of the people who are really getting the bigger looks. But here I am sitting with two dudes with a real voice and who actually prove that they care through their music. And, dude, you work with Drake. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, I, I've, I've been I've been. I'm saying you have the plat. You guys actually have a platform. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I have a fan base and it's like. I, I had a beat out of this on Drake's last album that dropped it, you know, a couple months ago, but really it's like, in a way, I do want to like, like I was talking about classics earlier, I want to set the classics for Austin to an extent. I want to, I wanna like, you know, take this to the next level with the people I care about and who deserve this in Austin. You know, I want to make an impact to where I can literally just work until I die helping these people and help create something that will be like, all right, Eric Dingus dies, fuck that, like, uh, you know, uh, he's like, you know, DJ Screw's never gonna die, you know? These people who set the, like, you know, the scene to where it's, you know, it's like, it's cool. I don't know. I love that stuff. I mean, that trips me out, though, because we were talking earlier about how when you go to Houston, you always make sure to go to the Screw shop and get some Screw tapes and CDs and stuff. Man, the craziest thing about that is no DJ Screw tape is less than 15 years old and they're still selling to all kinds of people that's an impact man and that's the type of impact you want to have yeah really it's just like you know it goes from my my really depressed right so i i convince myself the only way to like you know it's like i just convince myself in a simple statement way young like uh what's the way to like stick around after i die what's the way to leave something for this earth and I just, I didn't even think about it. It wasn't obvious. It was like, I care about music. So why not do what I care about to where, fuck it. If I die, you know, in a year from now, it's like, I've left enough shit on the internet. So it's slightly different, you know what I mean? But like, you know, I just want to leave an impact regardless. So I, cause I, I, death is scary, but I don't fucking care if like, if people, you know, still like what I do. I don't know. It's just cool. Hip hop so well, tell, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, I think that's a good way uh, place to leave off here. We've given the people a lot of information. 
We talked to him about uh, both y'all's history and where you're at right now, and I'm really excited to see what comes up in the next year with Durong and Eric Dingus. Why don't, before we get into, I want to play the song you did on the last Drake album, and uh, we're going to end the show with that. But before that, you know, people are listening. They may want to get in touch with you. Do you want to leave any websites, contact, Twitters, any of that stuff? This is it. DoWrongMusic.com, at DoWrongMusic, EricDingus.net. DreamSequenceRecords.com You can hit up Grizo, Mr. Grizo COD at Gmail for any serious inquiries. Is the is the uh, EP still available on DoWrongMusic.com? Yes, sir. As soon as you get on to DoWrongMusic.com, it's right there. It's on that pip. It's download links all everywhere. You can I try I make it accessible. Try to make it as accessible as possible. Just make it for the for the computer illiterate folks out there. Man, well, I appreciate y'all's time very much. This has been the second edition of Pusher Mania's podcast. Eric Dingus, why don't you bring this next song in, let them know what they're about to hear, and we will see you again maybe next week, two weeks. I don't know when it happens. Yeah, we got to follow up after South by for sure. Um, Just like, yeah, made this beat when I was right before I turned 18. So it's sitting on in a minute, you know what I mean? But it's cool. Really meaningful song. It's cool. Dope. It's Pusher Mania's podcast. It's over, it's over, yeah I'm leaving, I'm gone I can't stay here no more, and I can't sleep on the floor Man I'm leaving, I'm leaving, you know I got my reasons Yeah I'm leaving, yeah I'm leaving, yeah I'm leaving I'm gone, I'm leaving, I'm gone Had to knock down the wall, yeah I swear to God that I'm gone I'm leaving I'm leaving, no looking back when I'm gone, no looking back when I'm gone, no more, 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 yeah, I'm leaving, I'm gone I've been doing this wrong I've been here for too long I'm leaving, I'm leaving You know I got my reasons Yeah, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm leaving I'm gone, I'm leaving, I'm gone I don't wanna miss the board I don't wanna sit in coach I don't wanna sit at home I gotta get where I'm going I'm afraid that I'ma die before I get where I'm going I know I'ma be alone I know I'm out on my own I just gotta hit the road I just gotta know the road I just gotta hit the road I just gotta know the road I just gotta know the road Something to say to say that thing. I just been out and bought from way back when I can't be out here on no layback shit I can't be out here on no layback shit You got something to say then say that thing I just been out and bought from way back when I gotta get on the road, I gotta get on the road I ain't looking back no more, no, 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 no more, 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 no Want you to know what I did Want you to know how it went That's why I keep telling you over and over again Just let me go Just let me go, let me bring it home to you Just let me go, let me bring it home to you Now I 
forever, I'll bring it home to you Just let me go, let me bring it home Let me go, let me bring it home to you Let me go, let me bring it home to you Let me go, let me bring it home Now and forever, I'll bring it home to you let me go, let me bring it home to you Let me go, let me